Association and IndieBirth.com. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to IndieBirth's series of podcasts here on iTunes, Taking Back Birth. Hi, Marin here, as usual, with a fun video slash audio interview birth story with Christina this morning. Uh, super excited for her to share her tale. And I guess we'll just get started. Um, Christina is going to share the story of her second baby. But first, I don't know, you want to do a little intro and just uh, talk a little bit about your first birth so people know where you're coming from? Yes. Um, so I um, I am a VBAC, or actually I'm a home, what is it, a home birth after <laughs> cesarean. Um, and uh, I had my first... <laughs> yeah uh five years ago five and a half years ago um and I had the kind of cliche I wanted a natural birth I saw um the business of being born and I was very inspired and um and then from that point on I made a lot of wrong decisions and ended up in the hospital setting I had um, a rotating door of midwives that were just nurse practitioners that worked in the hospital. Um, I did not have a doula. Um, I kind of just thought that I would be able to birth my son. And I wasn't really worried about who was going to be there or what my support was going to be, to tell you the truth. Um, and I was just too busy with school and work to um, take the time to really uh, dive into what birth was other than just like, I can do it. I'm a warrior and I'm going to have this natural birth. Um, I ended up at uh, UCLA. I had 18 hours of unmedicated labor. I did three hours of pushing. Um, supposedly my son was crowning, but he kept getting thrusted back up into the birth canal and um, after what seemed like too long for everybody else, um, they asked me if I, if it was time to go have a C-section. Actually, they told me it was an emergency. Of course, mm -hmm. this seems to be the redundant story is that, um, his heart rate was out of control and, um, and that it was more important that baby come safely into the world than continue to labor in the hospital. So I ended up in the OR. Um, and, you know, thankfully my son was healthy and is healthy and, um, and I was just another cesarean. Um, and after when I asked the, the, um, OB, what was the issue? Why, you know, I got so far during my labor and, um, and I couldn't push him out. What was the issue? It, it ended up that it was the, the, uh, what is it called? It's the, um, the uterine tissue was inflamed, the bindi ring or something, bindi ring. Yeah, it's called bandles ring, and that's a very specific kind of constriction. So, I mean, in all likelihood, yeah. not, but I don't think you'll ever know if that's what they wrote down. <laughs> no, no, and that's the thing. And in, in, in the hospital, I knew, like, the whole, the whole labor was just, I was so not in my body like at all um when the nurses were telling me to push um you know you can feel it you can they were telling me what i could feel instead of asking me what i could feel and i never once felt like it was time to push even though i wanted 
the labor to be done. So I was going to do whatever they were telling me. I started pushing. And I think um, that all of that pushing just inflamed my uterine tissue because I really, the baby really wasn't ready. Um, And they had to like open me a little, my cervix. And I mean, you know, when I did the work with you, um, you know, for my next baby and stuff, I, I actually had to go through all of that and realize how traumatic it was. Um, and the time I just kind of, um, continued saying in my mind, like, at least the baby's healthy, you know, and that wasn't actually what I thought, honestly, it was just what everybody else kept saying, at least the baby's healthy, at least, you know, that's, that's all that counts. Um, and so that stuck with me for the next five and a half years until I was pregnant again. Mm. And when I found out I pregnant with my second son Shasta I um I was actually afraid like I I wasn't you know those I was excited and happy but more than anything it was oh my god I'm new to the Verde Valley what am I going to do I don't know the medical climate here and I was so disappointed coming from Los Angeles um in what I thought was like you know oh organic free love you know like just more (laughs) natural um mindset to parenting birth everything that i just was so disillusioned by california that being new to arizona and then being newly pregnant months after we settled um i just wanted to like crawl into a hole honestly and i didn't really know what to do um and so being v-back you know, I knew I wanted to really try for that natural birth because I knew that my first one should have been natural. Um, I just felt that in my heart. And um, so I didn't know really what that meant when I would see like websites that say like VBAC friendly hospital or VBAC friendly midwife, you know, I, I kind of took it with a grain of salt. Like the first midwife that I had seen at the very beginning of my pregnancy, I only contacted because I thought I needed a referral for an ultrasound and I just wanted to make sure baby wasn't duplicates because I have I am a twin and we have lots of twins in my family and my husband that was like the one thing like just make sure we don't have more than one on our hands because we just (laughs) moved to be a new job just so much at once right so so I found um the first midwife that would actually take me and she claimed that she was be back friendly. And then after probably the second meeting with her, I said to my husband that I'm pretty sure that she's all business and that um, I just had this sense that she was going to just see me for my prenatals. And then she was going to escort me to an OB because of just, I can't really explain why the the way she would talk to me about it, like it was no big deal, but it was a big deal because to, to me, I, I knew the truth that like a VBAC, it's any friends that I, I, I have, or even my sister who tried for VBAC, they were not successful mm-hmm. and they had the duelers and they had wives and they, you know, they had like really great support teams set up, but they just were, it never ended up being successful. I actually did not know of one successful feedback oh, story that it was, fun, you know, so when she would say like, oh, it happens all the time. It's no big deal. I just, I don't know. I just felt like she was just kind of stringing me along. 
Right. And in well, fact, it's correct me. kind of being. No, sorry, we're overlapping. Um, I was going to say, no, you correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't this particular person get all upset about like a low lying placenta or something at like 16 weeks, right. like super right. early in your pregnancy? Yes. So that's exactly, I had, I had assumed this was what was going to happen. And then when I had like, I don't know, the 18 week, she wanted me to go in for an 18 weeks ultrasound, right. um, which I didn't really want to go for, but she suggested it because I was VBAC. And then as soon as that happened, the results came in and she, you know, said that she had some um, not so great news that my placenta was a bit low and she was being very cautious of how she worded things. And she had said that, what this is what we can do if you want. And it was basically, I can continue seeing you. It was exactly what I had assumed was going to happen. It was, mm -hmm. I'll see you for, you know, these prenatals and then I'll end up transferring care over to an OB, you know, and uh, we'll do another scan just to make sure it is still low lying and, and blah, blah, blah. But by that time I kind of tuned out and I just, I, I was like, um, okay, so this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. I'm going to end up in, so I had said to her, you know what, if you're going to transfer me at all, then I'll do that now because I, I just prefer to know who is going to be dealing with me, you know, and that is the mentality, dealing with me. It wasn't like, that was like, I had no high expectations for, for my pregnancy at all. It was, who's going to deal with me? And so um, she, she referred me, uh, can I say where? Uh -huh. oh. Yeah. So she referred me up to North Country, which was supposed to be very uh, feedback friendly. When you call their answer machine service, it, it always is like feedbacks and, you know, make it sound like it's so accepting. Mm -hmm. And they had this whole protocol for even being able to see me. And they couldn't even, they were so busy, they couldn't even fit me in. So my second trimester, um, I didn't see anyone. I went up there once and I saw a midwife and she said she still needed to okay my pregnancy with an OB before we could continue. Oh and, um, and yet they couldn't, they couldn't fit me in. So I had an entire, almost an entire second trimester without any care at all, but it was, it was a huge relief and it was actually the best part of my pregnancy. Um, because I just, I dived into um, my, my new world here. You know, we had horses and animals and gardening and, and I just really um, reconnected with earth and, and just remembered what was really important to me. So that time was actually a real blessing. Mm -hmm. And then when I ended up finally being seen, it was for an ultrasound. So it was just, <laughs> And then they had said that now my placenta is not in the way, but now the next reason to why I'm probably not going to have the birth I want is because um, the baby was breached. But now we're talking, you know, what, what is it at your third trimester? I mean, 28 to 30 weeks. I don't. Right. And, um, and then they, and then, so then they gave me some time, some time, and then the issue, the secondary issue was um, my baby was measuring small, 
And then this was the huge, once the baby measured small, it was now a, like an emergency. And I definitely couldn't see a midwife up there. And they quickly um, labeled uh, my child as um, IUGR, which is intrauterine growth restricted. And, and that was really scary because when I started to look it up, you know, I, I mean, it would mean that the baby wasn't getting his nutrients, something might be wrong with my placenta or something's wrong with the baby. And right. so from that point on, they wanted to do all of these testing, you know, every couple of weeks. And then the next dialogue was not only, no, you're definitely not having a vaginal birth, but it became about when are we going to take this baby out? They wanted to take the baby out early because they figured that they could give the baby the nutrients that my body wasn't giving the baby. And it was really scary, yet I still kind of knew here was another reason. Every step of the way, it just seemed like, you know, these medical interventions were just being thrown at me constantly. Um, it, as a way to safely deliver the baby. And that was the whole thing was, again, I was going back to what was said to me when Bodhi was born, my first son, which was, um, you know, at least he's healthy. And, and so in the back of my mind, I thought that's all these doctors want is at least the baby healthy. But luckily I ended up um, being referred to your website and, and exactly everything you were saying was in my subconscious already. It was, it's, yes, that is so important that my baby be healthy. And yes, that I'm healthy. And I'm going to continue to do these tests to make sure that my placenta is healthy, which it was, and that the baby's growing, which he was. Um, but it isn't the only important thing. And that this, this whole birth experience is such a magical, magical thing. And I, and, and it's not only the delivery, it's my pregnancy. And I kept being ripped away from that and being able to carry him and connect to him. Instead, I was just always thinking like, oh my gosh, like something's wrong with my body. I mean, how from that mindset could I ever have a natural birth? And, um, and so luckily I was referred to you and it took some time to get to you, but it took, uh, what, 38 weeks. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I'm, I don't, 36, 37 weeks. I mean, I, and as soon as I met you and you asked me about having a home birth, I mean, I didn't even ever even think that that was a possibility for me. Like, I had just assumed I was defected, like, because I had a C-section and then now I'm being labeled and I just assumed that was not an option. But the second you said that to me and I met with you and Valerie, when I got into my car, I called my twin sister and she was like, she, she kept reminding me after the fact that that was the happiest I had been in my entire pregnancy, just from that little seed of thought, like, oh my God, like wait, I can, I can have this natural birth and, and I can have it in the comfort of my own home. And ha like, like that gift of even just that thought was, um, that was a game changer and, and, um, and thank God it happened. And I, I actually quickly within the couple weeks that we had, um, you know, it was always one thing after the next, my, my, water broke 
early and <laughs> and I was a little bit scared about that. Had I been with any other practitioner, um, I would have ended up having a C-section and, um, you know, the baby was breached and then not breached. And then, you know, all, all along, just the, the baby kept on bringing up these, um, these extra little hurdles that had to um, put me in a place of complete, like, faith you know and and trust and in the end i i kept i i kept just reminding myself from listening to your like podcasts and, and speaking with um amber um was so helpful i didn't even know that i had all these this luggage on my shoulder that was my mom's you know like all this extra baggage that belonged to my grandmother i mean my ancestry that had been so removed from natural birth right. and yet i still had this t this huge desire to get it to i just wanted that so bad and you know like the the current mindset is that that's selfish and that's wrong like shouldn't you only care about the the safety and i, I don't know like now i i know for a fact no way like this is this is what it is it, it's a, it's just a natural um thing it's a natural part of of our beings and, and women are such amazing creatures and we are getting so removed from that and it's 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 just mind-blowing have being able to have this home birth experience because it reminded me of things that I actually knew in my heart but have forgotten and I think every woman does and every every female you know growing up you just get so removed from that magic of of who we are yeah. but um and well, yeah my water broke when I spoke actually was on the phone with Amber doing and how the, many were the, you were pretty close to your due date though, right? 30, 39 weeks or yeah. something? No, I, I was actually, a few, I was late, a couple, a couple days late because they, they had said I was, um, they, we kept on playing with the due date. Like I assumed that the baby was small because my, I thought my due date was wrong. Right. And, um, and that thing that none of the doctors and I, I saw a lot of doctors I kept on moving around to try to find somebody that would believe in me pretty much yeah. and um but he just said no the ultrasound is absolute this is the due date and you know and I knew that like with wanting a VBAC I needed that little wiggle room and mm -hmm. um and no one was willing to give it to me. that was why they said he was small but I kept saying you and I even, I still kind of think that the baby came a little bit early because I did have a, a doctor in Phoenix who um, seemed the most open to being VBAC. And um, when I saw him right before seeing you or during just for like an NST, a non-stress test or whatever, just to check on the baby's heart and make sure he was growing, the doctor just decided to... Um, to uh what is it stimulate the membranes um that's right and as he was doing yeah and i said oh i don't i don't want you to do that he immediately stopped and he apologized but it was only like two days later that my water started to leak right. and it and it continued to leak for days but right. yeah and um 
So that yeah, I like to say scary. Sorry, keep interrupting. I was gonna say, you know, from this end too, just so people you know, understand that end, you had a stack of paperwork. I've never seen such a stack of paperwork from so many doctors. And, you know, I took many hours to go through that multiple times. And there just wasn't anything in there that seemed actually concerning. It seemed like, and I told you this, it seemed like a bad game of telephone, like someone got some idea you know, whether he was small or whatever, and then that kind of took off and no doctor was willing to um, refute that, you know, just because they don't want to be the ones to say that's wrong. But there was no evidence of him not growing and all your testing, your NSTs, your biophysical profiles, your fluid, his movement, like everything was fine. So it was in one way, this weird mystery but it was just a label. Like that's all that you could really assume by the end um, is that someone put a label on and nobody wanted to be the one to take it off. And no one ever talked to you, right. About like eating or nutrition or diet or like things to help him. You know, if he was on the smaller side, you know, just common right. advice. They told you it didn't matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They told me, um, that nothing, that none of my diet mattered. I was physically so active at the time that looking back now, like my horses aren't here. And I, I said to Wayne recently, my husband was like, oh, it's so weird. I like lost all my pregnancy weight, but I'm getting it back on. And the reason is, is because I don't have the horses. So like just all the work I was doing with them, I was burning so much, so many calories every day that yeah. I definitely wasn't taking in enough. And, um, and then when you had me on um, a dot, like an actual diet plan, it, it happened fast that he put on weight. And that was why I continued to do the testing just to kind of prove them wrong. Right. And then also for us, us to have that knowledge that my placenta is functioning right. and the baby is growing it's just not grow. he's not growing at their speed you know and I was already like very underweight to tell you the truth when I got pregnant and no one asked me about like my health prior or my eating habits I mean literally none of the doctors my first the first midwife kind of suggested certain um like uh supplements and but she she w was ready to back up any of these doctors that had anything to say about my IUGR I mean she really did back them up completely and um and I was happy because she allowed me to do some of my testing down in the Verde Valley so it was more convenient because up in Flagstaff it was a mess they could never fit me in and then I That's would end so up ironic. just so they could do these tests Right. Yeah. And then they, they, yeah, they would say it was an emergency, but then they'd be like, uh, actually we can't fit you in this week, but next week. And I'm like, but you're telling me my baby is so small that like, they literally told me that, um, he could be stillborn. I mean, they put so much fear into me, but then when it came to scheduling, it wasn't an emergency that they would have to see me the next day if they couldn't fit me in. It was like, well, you'll be fine for you know five more days and then we'll see you for that and then that was also where I was like well if it's not that crucial then 
I think like this is all blown way out of proportion. And I mean, I, but I, but I still didn't want to, you know, I am so closed off usually to medical advice, honestly, um, where I don't want it to hurt me in the long run. And so I really did try to like do everything that they said just in case, because I didn't want that weight on my shoulders of like, you know, like, Oh, well you should have, you should have did that. Or, you know, so I did follow every step that they told me, but every step of the way, like you said, never once did it prove what they were saying. Like that whole IUGR, um, diagnosis, it's really scary. And it's, and, and it is a real thing. And, yeah. and some people, their placenta some reason isn't functioning but it's not something that they should throw out loosely which I think they do in a way like it's all preventative everything's preventative prevent you from doing this or that or you know but in the end that's going to get in the way of you actually having like a healthy normal birth and right that's what exactly I got to have to do yeah if they had yeah, cut so, him out at 35 weeks how would that have been healthy for him oh my gosh it, it started to feel like that rosemary's baby like i was kept like there was one point at um that north country where i was crying or something at the front i mean it was really emotional time and um and the staff said well we just care about the safety of your baby and i and then i started crying and i was like well yeah i mean it he, you know, the, he's my baby too, you know, like, like it, it was like as though I shared my baby with them. Oh and that God. was really, that was like, I drove home from flag and was like, this is really messed up because <laughs> like, that's my baby. And I never once did I own that, that this is my body. This is my baby. And these are my decisions. Never until I, I finally was with you. Did I feel that? empowerment of like you know what no it's up to me and and like I had to quickly within a very <laughs> short period of time um try to trust myself and and my baby and and get rid of all of that dialogue that had been created not to mention the trauma of my previous birth but um yeah I don't know really how happened. you even did it that's like I mean, I will never forget your whole story, you know, I never will, because I don't know how you did it in that amount of time, with that amount of like fear and that kind of crazy stuff put on you every time you walked in the door somewhere. Like, that's so amazing. It was honestly, it was you, it was you and this like, this move, like the fact that I moved to the Verde Valley, I always from California were like, what were we thinking? But it's meeting you and, and meeting like some of the friends that I've made that you know, like my friend Lisa that introduced me to your uh, to indie birth and I mean finding women that are really um, they're really independent and strong and um, and and knowing that I didn't have that where I was in California it was really important to me anyway moving here for the freedom of parent parental choosing choices. And um, there, I mean, it was really all about freedom, really. Um, and in getting pregnant with Shasta, I was constantly reminded of that, like, wait, what am I doing? 
this is obviously a very significant uh, synchronistic thing that's going on in my life. Like I'm bringing this child into this world here. Like we hadn't gotten pregnant for five years. I mean, we, you know, I mean, that's, this baby wanted to be born here and, and he didn't want to be born in a hospital and he didn't want to be, you know, his mother to be cut open so he could come out in the world. This is a whole different thing. And meeting you and, um, and some other strong women, that was the reminder of like, no, this is what I, this is why I moved. It was because I wanted I wanted um, to be closer to my spirituality and there's nothing more spiritual than having a baby. Definitely. I mean, it's amazing. And um, yeah, so it was all thanks to you and, and this destination, this really weird place that I live. Um, And, um, but, but yeah, it was, that was why I had to. But yeah, and then so my water broke and um, and I was a little bit afraid um, because of everything you read online and, and thinking, oh my gosh, if I was in a hospital, I would have 12 hours to deliver this baby. And I had no contractions, not one. And um, I wasn't sure, you know, what was going to happen, but, you know, you came to the house, you talked me through, you know, some of my little issues that I was having of not being sure and, um, and reminding me that it's okay, whatever choice I made. And that was the great thing with you is that it was like, you were just really reminding me constantly. It was, it's like that we all have the knowledge. It's just, we need to be reminded. And, um, and I knew the fact is, is that with my water broken, that I, if I went to the hospital, I was going to have a C-section. I just, I just knew that. I never once in my mind did I know that like, if I don't go to the hospital, my child's going to be in danger. That's, I just, I know, and that's always like, oh, what if, but like, there was a greater chance that the baby's going to be fine. And, um, and then I went out to see you without any contractions, like three, was it 36 hours, maybe, I, I think of my water being broken. And, um, and then while we were in your office, I started to get a couple little contractions, but they were not much. And then you recommended we take the uh, bumpy ride home, which was going to take me a bumpy ride home. And for some reason, I wanted a burger on the way home. I had, I had, and I was vegetarian before you put me on the diet to uh, thicken up my baby. Um, and Wayne went and bought burger, like burger patties so he could cook them at home. And once he started those on the grill at the house, it was, it was not even an hour later that I was like having very intense contractions. Um, and it happened, it progressed very fast. So I think within three hours of leaving your office, um, you got the call from Wayne that I was probably in labor. And, um, and then two hours after that, you were reminding me that, um, I had filled up a a big, the birthing, 
I could have him in the pool. And I went in there and had the baby. And <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> because um, I mean, I, I didn't know what I wanted with the whole with the birth. Like, I didn't know if I would want you to check me if you, I want you to touch me. I mean, Wayne was constantly coming in and giving me water and, and asking, like, do you want them to come in? Do you want, you know, and the whole time I, I really didn't and, and no offense. Like, I just yeah. wanted to be by myself and labored. But it was amazing that like the little, the tiny little things, like you said, you know, um, once I was in reminding me like, oh, yeah. Oh no, I'm going in there. I'm going to go in that pool right now and have the baby. Like just even just, that's what I'm going to go do. And just the reminder again, getting in and then, um, and pushing him. And, and then you saying when you, the second, I think I pushed him out in three pushes. The first one, he descended. And then the second one, I could feel his, it was four pushes. I could feel his head. And then the third push, he kind of went back up and all those fears came back mm-hmm. where I was like, oh no, it's going to happen again. It happened to Bodhi. Like, I'm not going to be able to push him out. And then I asked, I said something to you and you're like, no, 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 he's, he, the baby's on, on its way. That's just baby. Gonna, the baby's going to come. And then the second push, I felt his whole head came out and I felt his little face. And, um, and then you came over and you said the next push, one one will give a good, great big push, and the, you knew like how it was gonna, exactly how it was going to happen. And you told me the baby's going to come right out and up in the water, and you're going to catch him. And that's exactly what happened. And I did, and it was right here. Spot. So, uh, that's true. It was right there in that spot. It's like giving me the chills. I was so beautiful and you know it didn't need to be fast to be beautiful but it was like just this wonderful end to the story you know like having it be so smooth and so I mean I don't know if it felt easy for you but you made it look really like no big deal like you had birthed a million times before it was uh and that is, that's something you said the first time I met you. Um, and that is true. Like, cause I do believe in, um, in like reincarnation and, and I do believe my soul evolved many times. And, and that's something that I never thought of till you said that. And I have birthed before. And, yeah. and I think a lot of us have, and even though I wasn't able to complete that with Bodhi, I made it all the way, all the crappy laboring, but I couldn't get that, get him out. To be able to finally do that with my second was so healing. And um, I mean, and I literally did say like, I want to do that again. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's addicting because it's like, oh my God, that's, that's why we're here. Like every day I would wake up and I pray and I, I want to like find my like, divine purpose and I think it's this great big thing and I always have thought like I'm gonna do this or that and these amazing ideas but like actually like this is amazing I don't have to think of anything great to do my body's made to birth life and and to be able to successfully do that is such a gift that we all have and should and should experience as women I I mean it's amazing but yeah, so, and then Shasta Jove came into the world at like seven, 
5.15 p.m. Um, I mean, it was a quick labor. It was very painful, but my, I, I mean, it was, um, it was exactly what I would have wanted, but it was too afraid to say out loud. Like I, I wanted a birth that was going to be fast, but not too fast. Like I, I didn't want to be like walking down the street, like, Oh, okay. Baby's out and not be able to experience all of the, the, the pain and stuff. It, it is, it sucks, but it's like, when you get through it that's that's what it's all about that's the death and rebirth that our body goes through and um and it's so important in nature with the trees and and plants and food and and it's so important for our bodies um and so thank god that i had but i only did have those five hours you know and i'm like it made up for all the 18 hours of being in a, a hospital setting because that's really why, like, I, I believe with Bodhi too, I labored fast at first and it all slowed down once I got to the hospital. I mean, I, I really did slow down with that birth. And I think when you're home, it is so true. You're not, you don't get distracted. I mean, I, for me, once I was in the zone, I was in it and, and it went, what, five I think five hours, five hours. And yeah. Yeah. If that, I mean, you were sitting yeah. like two or something. So <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. That was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I, incredible. you yeah. are so beautiful and inspiring and that's something I've loved about you since the moment we met and, you know, and with Shasta too, like feeling that, you knew that he knew. And also I think I was able to feel that from him too. Like this kid knew what he wanted and he kept trying to lead you, you know, and you had to listen. It was just such a beautiful dance between the two of you and in your family. Um, this deep confidence. So even though you had all this other stuff going on in your head, I'm sure. And fears like a very deep confidence came through. Um, with you and and through him I think that's just so beautiful my favorite part yeah I know and and like his like bedtime song is uh is that Tom Petty I won't back down <laughs> that is like that's all that always goes behind and there is no easy way out like I, he, yeah a vaginal birth is so much better than a C-section, but you still have to heal. And, and he still, you know, he still goes through the birth trauma and all of that too. So, I mean, that song, I it just so reminds me all the time of Shasta. Like that's, that's like his little, our little song. But, um, but yeah, it's amazing. But I, I really do owe it all to you. And, and, you know, now that he's four months and, getting bigger and I'm going out into the world I want to get more involved in, in what you do and it's so important it's so important I'm so inspired by you wow well you definitely don't owe it to me but I was happy to support you it was just you know the right energies meeting at the right time like you called that in you called in somebody that could support you because you were ready to do it you know, there's nothing anyone can do for anyone else to make it happen. 
And I think that's the mistake a lot of people make. Like you were saying in the beginning, like, oh, VBAC friendly doctor, whatever. Like you can have all of these things, but do you really believe in yourself? You know, and when you do, then I think, yeah, other people show up that really believe in you. But you have to be the first one. Um, you know, it's just not that easy or more women would do it, you know, but I think if there's the formula, that's, that's what it is. You were ready to do it. And so great support showed up for you. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to see what this means for you. I mean, he's still so young, which in a way it seems like it was ages ago. In some ways it seems like it was yesterday, you know, he's so young, but you have, I know ahead uh, crying for me. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I know. And I, and I'm like, I got it. I know I want to have more, but he, like, he, I just feel he just needs a little bit more time. <laughs> you oh. know, I mean, obviously he's only four months. I, I want to give him that time. But then like at the same, I'm like, Oh my God, I never before thought I would ever really want, more to tell you the truth like mm. I love I love you know Bodhi was the only child for so long I kind of just thought that was going to be it and then so now I'm like oh no I can do this again and and like I can actually like have a bunch more <laughs> like I, that thought just never even was in my mind I and so now that it is I have to like kind of quiet it a little bit so that I can make sure to give Shasta his time. But yeah. Right. So. Right. Well, like you said, I mean, there's, there's so many other ways to get involved, even like this, just telling your story. I mean, hundreds of women will listen to this, you know, it'll be in the podcast archives forever. And you have no idea how influential your story will be to someone else. Um, And many women like, you know, whatever aspect it is, the VBAC or the IUGR or just following your own voice, like you've already started this work, whatever it is for you, just by showing up, you know. So I'm excited to see what it means. Yeah, yeah. because that's the thing too with VBAC is like, everybody around you like when you've had to have a a c-section because of an emergency or whatever and you've tried for that natural birth it feels like a very common thing that your your family and friends will be like well don't bother trying this time you learned from your past like they make it like that was a mistake because you know you still ended up with the c-section after you labored for all that time and blah blah blah. but like that thought just because it I mean you, I literally had people say don't forget what happened last time you know oh and and that just makes me so angry when I look back at that because I'm like geez like I had people actually saying like don't believe in yourself you know <laughs> like don't believe in your body but in fact like it wasn't long like I labored that whole entire 18 hours with Bodhi is partly why I was successful uh, laboring with Shasta. That's why I it was all familiar in the waves and, and actually going through it was not wasted at all. It only right. helped me. Yeah. So I think to help with those VBAC moms. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I think even just like life path, right? Like our life gives us what we need, whether we like it or not. At least that's what I believe. And, you know, we work our way through that 
but yeah, it's never lost. Like it's never the wrong experience, but it gives us power to make choices in the future. So yeah, without Bodhi's birth, you know, this one wouldn't be a story. Right. Right. And that is just one. Yeah. That's the thing with the, uh, whether it was VBAC, IUGR, I had breach, <laughs> kept turning breach, and water breaking, you know, for like day, a couple, almost two days. Those are all reasons for um, some women to just be like, all right, okay. Um, you know, I mean, it's like, it just, it would be easier if I just listen to the doctor now for that, or, you know, I mean, so there, those were all the, the, the little uh, obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, one more thing to add in that I remember about your story is that you were always listening. And I think that's the difference, you know, because people, like you said, IUGR is a thing, right? Like sometimes that's something that someone should consider, um, you know, when making a choice to have a surgical birth or whatever it is, but you were always listening. You weren't ignoring, you weren't saying like, Oh, that's not possible for me. You just listened to what your baby was saying. So I remember, you know, coming over to your house where your waters were open, like 24 plus hours. Right. And you were feeling a little nervous. So like we listened to the baby and I feel like that was, a very defining moment, at least in me understanding you, because maybe you had already decided, but it was like this pinnacle moment of like, okay, all these things are happening. Like, is it a problem? And do you want to switch the plan? Like, is he okay? Or, you know, dig deeper and hear what he's saying. And you did. And that's the only way that we can get answers. So, you know, you never want anyone to think, I don't know that like nothing's a problem or like you could go hundreds right. with waters open. It's not that it's that if we don't each listen, we don't know the answer. And I watched you do that. Like in that moment of feeling, I'm sure so scared and Oh shit, this wasn't part of the plan, you know, um, listening to him and coming out and saying to me, no, he's fine. You knew. Yeah. And, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's it is. It's like uh, I had to question: Are all these things happening because he does need to be taken out and he needs to be delivered this way? Is that what he's telling me, or is it is it this constant the test of faith? And for me in my life situation, that was how I connected to him. Was he came now at this time in my life where all I kept praying for and what I wanted in my life right now was, uh, was deeper connection to spirit. That was, that was the primary reason for leaving our life behind was that was what I, that was it. So there was no way Yeah, that was what solidified the fact that no, he wants this. And, and these are little things that keep coming up are not go get me delivered in a hospital. It was keep the faith, keep the faith. Yeah. And, um, and, and thank, thankfully I did. And so now Bodhi may have a whole army of brothers and sisters in the future because of. <laughs> that's see. awesome. Really. That's like just such amazing inspiration. I hope you know that, you know, because it's so hard to get out from under the fear, especially when women have as many layers, you know, as you had, 
Um, and so, you know, if we can't say for other people what's wrong or right, you know, if they're making a choice out of fear or intuition, it's not our job, but to watch someone really tune in and hear that for themselves, especially when it goes against the grain, right? I mean, everyone else I'm sure in your yeah. life would have been happy for you to, well, not your husband, but yeah, would have been happy yeah. for you to do the status quo. Um, but you guys were different, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, there was, thankfully he supported whatever basically I wanted. And there were times where I was like, just tell me what to do, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's the work like that, you, you know, and, um, and, and I definitely was lucky to not have certain family members close because they wouldn't have been supportive. And, um, and I, I really did hush up. Um, I didn't really speak to anybody that I thought wouldn't be supportive of it because I just didn't want to have any of that static from the outside world coming in. And um, it wasn't until after the baby was born that I would, you know, I, I let everybody know I had a home birth, you know, and I'm sure everybody was, oh my God, you know, what? But, um, but no one really talked about it because I just was like I had the most amazing healing birth and um I feel it changed it changed me it definitely did and um so there's nothing that I didn't leave any room open for anybody to say like you shouldn't have done that or give any opinion other than oh how beautiful and oh you're you know a warrior or you know and that was all that came in and that is how I felt and um and yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Yep. It is all those things. I agree. You are, you are amazing. And that was a complete warrior birth led by your connection to yourself and spirit and your baby. So, so beautiful. So I can't wait for you to have more, but I'll be patient too. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait for your support first and then <laughs> give it time, right? Yeah, totally. You're on nine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mine so. to come soon. So, well, thanks for sharing. Anything else you want to wrap up with or any words of wisdom for women that are, you know, walking this path? Like the VBAC path is a pretty high percentage of women nowadays, as you know, right? It's like, so many i would honestly um i really don't think that i would have been successful had i not been at home you know and that's for me whatever makes you most comfortable if you think a hospital setting is most comfortable like my husband would say he's more comfortable in a hospital than at home if it were, if it were him you know he talks about how the hospital for some reason feels safe to him and I feel the exact opposite. So just find where you feel most comfortable and make sure that you're there. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. I know uh, it's taken us a couple months, so I really appreciate you taking this little bit of time away from Shasta to share with us. I was hoping to get a glimpse of him, but maybe later I will. Wait, <laughs> um, hey, Wayne. I'm wrapping up I, so we can uh, bring the baby in. Yeah. I think he's, he's, 
adapting. He was trying to keep them away. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were both napping. Hey, good to see you. Oh my gosh, he's a little blondie. Yes. He's big. That's awesome. Look how healthy he is. Oh, you yeah, forgot to say. What's up? You forgot to say in wrapping up the story, right, that he was not much different weight than his brother. So much for the IUGR, huh? Yeah, no. He was, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was. Say hello. <laughs> Hi, Shasta. Hello. He looks grumpy. He's like, wait, I was so comfy in that sling. And now, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, no, he was. He was only a few ounces, right? Less yeah. than Bodhi. Bodhi was exact seven. He was six, eight, right? Which is, I mean, yeah. six, eight or six, four. See, that's the thing. Like the whole pregnancy, all I was concerned with was like measurements and all this, like, you know, um, just constant assessments that like once he was in my arms, I just was like, no, I, I don't want to like do any of that. Like, yeah, we had to like make sure he was healthy, obviously when he was born, but I just wanted no more poking and prodding. Yeah. But he was still a healthy weight. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for being here, you guys. And I'm so glad I got to see him too. Uh, I know. We'll, we'll... Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. You can check the Indie Birth site for new information and IndieBirthMidwiferySchool.org if you're thinking about going down this path and serving women. And other than that, uh, we'll talk to you soon.